0: This is the Oil and Gas Startups Podcast, where we showcase emerging technology and the stories of industry founders, investors, and leaders with your hosts, Jake Corley and Colin McClelland.
1: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. We've got everybody, Shroosh and Michael from Quorum. Is it just short to Quorum these days, or is it like a Quorum Business Solutions?
2: Definitely not Quorum Business Solutions. Okay. We're either Quorum Software or Quorum. Uh, just, you know, think it's easier to go with Quorum, but we definitely like to be known as Quorum Software.
1: Okay. So, I have so much that I want to talk to you about. You were like, what's, what's your experience with Quorum? <laughs> well, I don't know if you remember me telling you this on our Zoom call like four months ago. I got into the industry building a competitor to oh, yeah. you guys. Uh, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I my, my was trying to trying to kill you guys. You survived, obviously, because you're here. So. Barely. looks looks like thank you for bowing out looks like i wasn't very successful obviously (laughs) um no but i've known about you guys for a long time uh you guys have grown into i mean you were big then but you're an absolute behemoth now there's been you know i've followed you closely since then and just seen everything that you guys have done and then it was great to, to connect a few months ago and kind of learn more about the vision and stuff and so that's why i wanted to have you guys on um but just talking through i mean you guys have made a ton of acquisitions um, this latest round, I don't know if this was, uh, an acquisition or a merger. We can talk about that, but I know you guys probably more than doubled in size would be my guess. Um, I know there's been a lot of private equity money kind of coming and going over the years as well. And so just that, and then we talked about a lot of different products that you guys have coming out and especially with some of the cloud stuff. So I just wanted to dive into like, for one, so we we'll start us off, like who oh. is Quorum? How do you describe yourself? And then I want to go back into y'all's like, respective backgrounds i know you've been at quorum for a long time now yeah t- like, 2006 yeah you've been there a long time long well, you've been
0: there michael uh working on 11 years now okay
1: so you, you've been there a long time too yep. so i'm curious to see how things have kind of evolved for you guys and then we'll kind of bring it up to speed of where you're going
2: yeah thanks thanks jake for having us uh glad glad to be here and uh that's a lot of topics and we'll try and get through as, as many as we possibly can um yeah i guess you know to to maybe just start with who we are today, um, I think you know, uh, Quorum started again twenty what twenties of twenty four years now two ninety-eight, ninety eight right so 20, 2022. Like it's it's long... like, it sounds
1: like a long time ago when you say something was built in the nineteen nineties. You're like oh man. yeah
2: that's, yeah
1: that's right. a long time ago.
2: And it's it's like I think I think <laughs> depending on who you who you're talking to and what experiences they've had, they might know like this thing about Quorum or they might know that thing about Quorum. Uh, you know, you talk to our land customers; they think of us as the the land shop, right? You talk to our midstream companies; they think of us as the leader in gas plant accounting software. You think, you know, you talk to now uh, maybe some of the some of the uh, new new customers under the new Corm umbrella that with the merger with the Cerna, and and maybe they think of us on the operational or the the front office, you know, mm-hmm. corporate planning and and forecasting production modeling side. So like. The amazing part of this is that that the breadth of what we cover today really is a vision that, that I think the founders had from the very beginning, right? We wanted to provide, uh, you know, an end to end energy value chain experience for the companies that, that needed it. Right. So you have companies that are strictly upstream players, you have fully integrated companies, and now you have international companies that have, you know, needs in different parts of the world. Uh, the fact that, you know, we're still sitting here this many years later uh and and not just kind of resting on our laurels but but thinking about uh what's next how do we innovate how do we provide the most value how do we listen to our customers and and see what the trends are that they are you know running their businesses um and making decisions excuse me uh yeah it's 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 been a fascinating experience like mean to jump in in, into my story but i think like for for me i think the interesting to be on the oil and gas startups podcast with you when when quorum's now been around for 24 years but when i think about you know being self-reflective as a human right you think about what did i do today right that i could have done better how do i improve on that tomorrow Mm -hmm. right and so for a software company it's it's no different it's you know again what are the things that we're doing really well that we can do more of? What are the things that we're not doing well that we should do better? And what are our customers saying about all of those things that, that you know, ends up giving us a strategy and a vision that we can, uh, march forward on. So again, um, I don't know where you want me to start. If it's, if it's really. What's sort your, of from a, so,
1: so what's your role today at Quorum? So we kind of know where you play.
2: Yeah. Uh, today, uh, today I run our upstream sales team for the U S uh, I never thought that that's where my career was would have would have gone like i don't see myself as a sales guy mm-hmm. um i've somehow you know initially just sort of asked to to come into a commercial or a sales role carrying a quota was super confused on why that made any sense i give you know at the time perry our ceo and and Lindsay, my uh my chief sales officer really all the credit for sort of seeing um a potential. And I think what I've learned, you know, is that is the reason I'm good at this is because I, I don't really care about sales. Like, I don't care about selling something to the next customer. And I think our team at Quorum, we, we care about the partnership, care about the relationship, we care about our reputation, when we're about to go into a room and sell a customer, a, a product and a service, I got to turn around and deliver that, right, I got to do everything that I just that I just said that I would in, in the in the sales motion of, of becoming uh, you know, of creating this partnership with a customer. So today I run, I run sales, uh, man, our sales team, you know, Michael uh, runs the inside sales team at Quorum, which has evolved in the three years that we've had inside sales to really be sort of a, his, his area is really what I want to talk about today, which is our entire on-demand platform and what we're doing there. Um, but his team made up of seven, 17 members is uh, covering the U S market in terms of all of our on-demand sales um and then and then i have another we have another five folks on our team who really kind of cover the enterprise space
1: okay so what's been i want to get i want to get back into into your background michael in yeah. one second i want to I leave you with a question just the first thing that kind of comes to mind and then we'll come back to it what is the the biggest thing that has changed with quorum in the last 10 years from from where they were 10 years ago to where they are now
2: yeah i mean the, the quick answer is service-oriented company now, software oriented company, right? That's the yeah. easiest, quick answer. Meaning, uh, you know, with with every dollar of software we used to sell, we sold five dollars services. Today, it's like for every dollar of software do you sell, how do you sell zero in services, right? Yeah. How do you give them the SaaS experience that every other industry experiences, where it's a pay a subscription, pay a service to to have a, a product, um, and it doesn't you know it doesn't cost me a lot to turn it on, to get trained, mm-hmm. to convert my data. To get support right so all of those things in a SaaS experience are are just included with uh with the software when you're when you're a subscribing customer i think for me that's one the other thing that i that i think if it's okay i'm gonna give yeah, you two yeah. answers because i mm-hmm. think this is this is really important to me um when you think of quorum's leadership today it's this beautiful like marriage or partnership of folks like myself and michael who've been here for at least 10 years right uh, so I think of, of Lindsay Herndon, I think of, uh, David Townsend, I think of Corey house, uh, I think of Tyson Greer. These are guys that have been a quorum all longer than I have. Right. So I'm just going to sort of tip of the iceberg blended with Gene Austin kind of first and foremost, in terms of, of coming in, uh, and, and providing new CEO leadership for the company. Uh, Tom Lacey's of the world. Like we have basically put together a leadership team made up of, of, Uh, very experienced professionals from the technology sector, right? Mm -hmm. They all come from strong technology backgrounds with a bunch of decade long plus Quorum oil and gas experience. Mm. And this is really, I think what's, what's really powerful at Quorum right now, where we're propelling each other to be the best software company serving the oil and gas industry. Like if you don't have both of those things, our industry will never stand for it. Right. And Mm -hmm. so, Again, I think uh, the technology side of it to me is just as important. Having those guys come in and say, "Well, look, we did this. We did this in another industry, and here's how. Like, here's the challenges we're going to face, and here's how you can overcome them. And how do we apply some of those learnings to to the oil
0: and gas space to achieve the same outcomes?" Those those two things for me.
1: Love it, Michael. What's your background?
0: Sure, um, I, I've been at Quorum for eleven years. I started. I was attracted to Quorum because they were solving big challenges right mm-hmm. for big companies. And when wine got started, like Suraj was saying, we were Primarily a services company, right? We had products, but we were we were born out of consultant roots. We still yep. operated like a consulting company, uh, and so it was boots on the ground with customers every day for years, right? Working through uh, implementing them on new land systems, moving their land capabilities forward is really kind of focused on land. Uh, you know, Quorum's kind of a great and a very interesting and a great place to work because there's a, a, just a ton of opportunity for experience, right? In different experiences, different roles, and so. Um, after several years uh, working with our land customers, I got to run our product team that uh, oversaw the land product. Mm-hmm. Uh, then transitioned into more of a solution architect role for some of our broader upstream functions, so land production, uh, that kind of thing. And then uh, pivoted when we when we started to do some of our acquisition works as we shifted right to be have more of a SaaS focus in our upstream space. Pivoted into a role where Sarush and I were building out you know, kind of go-to-market function for how we brought that new platform to market. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a journey kind of all 11 years, mostly upstream, exclusively upstream focused, uh, yeah. but variety of roles.
1: It seems like you're kind of quote-unquote technical sales, right? Of being like kind of that product leader in the S- past and-
0: Started that and way. Yeah, yeah,
1: understanding kind of the ins and outs of the-
0: Yeah, I think i think I describe it today as like Suresh said, I'm responsible for our inside sales team, but I think the function that I serve in our organization is to make sure that our customers in a growing segment are well-served, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So. Care about the accounts, care about what we're doing for the customers, Mm -hmm. make sure that market feedback gets to the rest of our team so we can continue to develop and grow the product suite in the right way, right? Um, Make sure that our roadmaps are aligned to customer needs, like serve that as a bridge, right? So yeah, technical sales is part of it. I think you have to, like Saroj said, people don't generally want to talk to a salesperson, right? Like what they want is they want to know that they're well cared for and somebody who understands their problems, right? And so what that's, that's what we're trying to do. Right. We Mm -hmm. understand, um, we've been there, we've solved these problems for some of our largest customers in the most complicated ways in the past. And we're doing it again in a standardized way, you know, on the most modern platform available, uh, to make sure that we continue to deliver your service to you, you know, that you need going forward.
1: Love it. How many, so let's talk about the size of, of quorum today. How many people do you guys have?
0: There's somewhere Uh, around 1500. Jeez. Yeah.
1: That's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, more than twice what I thought. Well,
0: I mean, we're, we're, mentioned this earlier it's uh you know if you asked us that question 18 months ago we would have said three to four hundred yeah and we we had a merger <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: acquisition and in the span of a pandemic where we had to do it all by teams we brought 1500 people together to form a brand new company right and so we we've kept the name quorum but we're we're yeah. a totally new company from where we were so let's know?
1: let's do like a quick brief history of quorum just maybe by way of like kind of major milestones of the company. So you said it was started in 1998 and obviously we can kind of bring it up to the, these latest sure. kind of acquisitions and stuff, but like maybe through acquisitions, mergers, anything else kind of over the last, just to kind of give us some context as to how things have changed. Yeah.
2: Okay. Going, going back to the very beginning, Michael fill in the gaps here as I, uh, as I spitball here, but yeah. uh, midstream focused initially okay. out of the gate, right? Tips. Uh, again, gas plant accounting, mm-hmm. dominant software in the, in the space today, continuing to evolve and innovate on that, uh, handful of years later, literally like two or three, I think the next big, big milestone was acquiring the land software, mm-hmm. um, from, from Chevron who had, you know, worked and built it with, with their partners. And so we acquired the rights of the software and, and, um, uh, within gosh, within, within 10 years with a dominant land solution, right? It was like three customers when we acquired it and. And uh, I remember in 2006, I think we had 12, and in about four or five years later, it was like north of 50, right? And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, now it's 150, right? It just the, the land product in particular has been one of the flagship products. So so I think that was a big milestone. We have continued to build pieces right around both yeah. the midstream offering and the upstream offering, um, always in partner with with customers. Like we, the one of the things we used to talk about a decade ago when we walk into a room is that. We don't we don't build anything in a vacuum ever we need at least two or three sponsoring customers who want to uh you know who want to influence how that that thing is built so that it is purposeful for the industry not for customer a mm-hmm. um and so again we have built you know full kind of upstream capability back office capability so so uh okay then transition i'd say the next pivotal moment for me is is probably the fielding systems acquisition
1: I remember that one. Was it yeah. like 16, 17 timeframe? 15, I think. 15?
2: 2015, I think. Maybe you're right. You might be right. It might be 16, but it was right in there somewhere. And that um, was adding
1: more like field data capture capabilities, right?
2: Field data capture and SCADA. Those are the okay. two big things that, that Fielding did and did well uh, with a handful of customers. The thing that, that Fielding and Sean Cutter did really, really well is built on the, they built it on the right technology stack. The only multi-tenant SaaS solution to hit the marketplace the first, right? Um, that was kind of like fully built out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like Quorum's, you know, I give give Tyson a lot of credit for having found Fielding and, and, and Sean and understanding that that's the technology stack of the future, that, that uh, we need to think about how we build around or on. Um, and so that was a pivotal moment, right? That was our first uh, piece of software at Quorum that was multi-tenant SaaS. The next big milestone for me, would be the wellies acquisition why i forgot about that <laughs> i'm gonna forget about probably five <laughs> of them because there's been so many um the the wellies acquisition uh in that was in 2017 was um that brought mul- more multi-tenant SaaS software into the stack but what it really did was uh, that company was was like humming along that company was doing really well they had a culture they had a customer base north of a hundred customers, right. When we acquired them um, and, and they had a, a methodology, they had a, like, they had, they had a method to their madness that was based on, um, you know, again, what I was saying earlier, which is, which is the experience a customer expects from a SaaS company, one version of the software deployed to hundred plus customers all at the same time. Right. Everyone's hitting the same URL to log in like the LinkedIn experience, like the, like the Twitter experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> meaning, you know, you don't log in and have your version of Twitter and I have mine. All of our phones, assuming we're hitting the update button, are all in the same version at the same time. They were doing that, but they also, again, they considered their people as an extension of the customer, right? The way they talked to their customers when they were, you know, establishing new partnerships was look, you don't you don't need an IT person, right? Yeah. You need to build a report, we we build the report, right? And it's just there. You want to configure, you know, your your uh, screen to look slightly differently? We do that, right? We don't code; it's all standard software. But you can configure it and make it look uh, the way you need it to. And so, again, Wellies brought more technology that was multi-tenant SaaS, but they brought a a method to run a SaaS company that we sort of in a culture that we sort of started to adopt. I yeah. would say, right? And that kind of became a thing, like that. That became a a moment where where I think a handful of us recognized that uh this on-demand thing could be could be really huge and if we could because these are built on on modern platforms standard api integration right this this idea that like you got to build everything in a single database like right that 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 goes out the door right you need to have standard api integration where these these systems can talk to each other and that is not just quorum to quorum right that is quorum to the rest of the ecosystem right whether it's Enveris or or whatever other tools mm-hmm. that are out there um and so, again, Welly's brought, I think, more software and culture. And then.
1: When did, when did private equity get involved? Okay. Is it probably before that? <laughs> yeah. Way
2: before. Earlier. That. Yeah. Yeah. Two. Before Fielding. Um, you know, Silver Lake in. Sorry, not Silver Lake. Carlisle and uh, Riverstone were the first in like. Oh, man. 2009. 2009-ish. I want to say. Okay. And then you know, three ish years. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss the exact years here, yeah. but like three ish years, and and then Silver Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, and Silver Lake was another three or four or five years,
1: and then Toma. And you've been with you guys. We've been with Toma since then, right?
2: Since then, yeah. yeah. Toma Toma's our our current owner, and man, they're they're awesome. Like the the level, of, they're the most involved. Um, mm-hmm. in in a lot of good ways. In in terms of both connecting their portfolio companies, because they're, they're pure software, right? Um, so connecting their portfolio companies to learn from each other and to collaborate with each other. Um, and, and again, like super supportive of our leadership team, we have a really strong leadership team. And so it's like, you know, I, I'm not in board meetings, but I think what I've heard is there are always difficult questions being asked, right? But it's a healthy conversation. And if, and if there's an idea that our team has, it's, it's supported, mm-hmm. right? Um, so anyway, been with Toma for, for a couple of years now. Um, so all along that's been happening with Toma. The reality is the acquisitions picked up yeah. a lot of pace, right? So, so OG Sys, Landox, Flocal was before both of those. Flocal, you know, major, major acquisition.
1: Um, I don't know, you guys had OG Sys, I think I think I remember that now, but I totally forgot about that.
2: Yeah, that's an, that's another one that's, I think, again, fast forwarding through some some that were also very important and instrumental, but OG Sis uh, like, you know, they're, 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 uh, you know, what they would tell their customers is they've been around longer, longer than Microsoft, right? That's what they used to, to talk about. Um, and one of the cool things that they had done is like, they said, okay, we have a really great product, but we know it's not the future from a technology standpoint, yeah. right? OG SQL, awesome product, you know, fully functioning, fully featured. Huge customer base, six, seven hundred customers, uh, very loyal to to Ogsys. Like some of the other similar accounting products in, in the mm-hmm. upstream space that, that have that similar lo- loyalty. But they went and spent their own money and said, "Look, we need to we need to replatform. We don't need to just go take Ogsys and and port it to the cloud. Like we need to go build an accounting solution for oil and gas born in the cloud. Like we're going to build it in the cloud." So they went and spent a lot of money. Standing that up and, and that's sort of when Quorum came in, it was like, we saw the bones of what they had started mm-hmm. and it wasn't done, but we had seen the bones of what they had started. And we said, okay, that, that like marries perfectly with our, our, the rest of our upstream strategy, again, from a technology stack, multi-tenant SaaS. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so, so that one um, brought in a whole, that, that team is also full of culture. Like mm-hmm. that team is uh, the main office in Fort Worth and great group of people that love working together like you know it's an awesome spirit in that in that office people from quorum now try and make time to go to the fort worth office (laughs) because it's like it's just so great you get to like you know you get to interact with your your peers and and uh there's a there's a fair share of of fun you know they have a um what's the table that they have in there oh my god
1: Shuffleboard. The yeah. Shuffleboard. Thank
2: you. Yeah. They got a shuffleboard table in the office. So, like, you know, on a random day at one o'clock, there's a shuffleboard tournament
0: happening and <laughs> there's like uh, everyone dedicated it, to it. But it's, yeah, uh, it's still very much a family atmosphere up there, which is just great. It's great to walk into.
1: Um, so, does that run as like, is that a quorum office or is that like an OGC? Does it run as like a sub brand is what I'm saying? No, it's no, no, no,
0: it's, no. It's quorum. So, well, one of the, one of the, this is all going back to the, the story of private equity is when, when Toma, when Toma, you know, invested, I think what they saw was a pretty fragmented market in the upstream software space. And there was a massive opportunity to bring some of this together for the good of, you know, the industry, our customers, et cetera. And so, you know, bringing all that together, bringing bringing OG Sys in, FlowCal in, Landox in, you know, uh, some of those uh, acquisitions was a key part of that um and when we've done that it's been very intentional to make sure they become part of the quorum brand part yeah. of the quorum story they're full quorum employees just like anybody else and and actually many of the CIS team members have have gone on to become leaders in their own right like the person who was pioneering the development of the multi-tenant version um is now our head of uh cloud at the company mm-hmm. and uh, for all of quorum right yeah. um Similarly in our product management space, so yeah, I've gotten to then see their influence into the broader quorum. Like Srush was saying, it's a nice healthy mix. Was there
1: did. was there any other like major acquisitions that we have mentioned leading up to the Cerna uh, merger?
2: Now that you ask me that, I'm trying to think. Um, any other one? I mean, we, uh, yeah, yes, two more. Uh, R- ko Technologies, which is really oh, re- I forget, rebranded yeah. as, as Dynamic, Dynamic Docs. Docs yeah. Who
1: is who is the guys? Who's the guys behind that? What was name again? The Wombles, Rex Womble. the Wombles, yeah. Rex Wombles, yeah. Rex Wombles,
2: and uh, it was a it was a bit of a family affair uh, at yeah. Arko, yeah, um, and then and then Energy IQ, okay,
1: didn't know uh, about that
2: one, yeah, um, and then and then I mean I guess you know with the Acerna, Acerna and the we you know we acquired um Tieto's energy components mm. business um and so so those kind of happen uh, simultaneously basically yeah.
1: As i understand it Toma already owned just right that's right that's right and then and then they owned you guys that's so right it was just like let's merge these two that's, that's exactly right. Right. And Aserna, yeah. it was it's my understanding and i could be completely wrong I could be thinking of somebody else but it's my understanding that they're pretty much the quorum of canada right the canadian company or- uh,
2: uh, yeah no fair they're <laughs> they're you know headquartered out of uh they were headquartered out of calgary okay. um and, and certainly, you know, I think, I think some of their solutions own like market dominant in Canada, like Valnav, for example. Yeah. Um, so they have a lot of roots in Canada, but, but their solutions are used globally, okay. right? Depending on, on what piece you're talking about, including in, in the U S right. And some of the, uh, some of the, some of the largest majors in the U S are adopting solutions like Valnav right now as well. So, um, yeah, again, strong, strong presence in Canada, but. Uh, our global presence came as much from
0: Acerna as as the acquisition of e c mm. energy components
1: mm.
0: yeah, so if you're saying from the standpoint of you know a, a company that's kind of pulled together a bunch of solutions right like it for they were based out of Canada, and that were where Acerna was different from us as they focused on. Front office solutions, right, which was a space that we didn't get into corporate planning, forecasting, modeling, like those types of things, right? AFE workflows and management, those those areas, they're areas that we largely didn't touch. So what was kind of, you know, opportunistic about the marriage of these two companies, the merger of these two companies is we could bring the front office, back office together, which now gives us a moment in time where we can do some, you know, some pretty uh, incredible things, I think, for our customers as we move forward. So let's
1: talk about, let's talk about, let's talk about the now. You know, now, now we got a lot of context. We got the history. Yeah. You guys are an absolute behemoth at this point. I think you're going to go on and do some great things. We talked a lot about the, the cloud stuff. Like, what are you guys excited about? Like, what does the, the future of Quorum look like?
2: Yeah, uh, I think, um, man, like it, the behemoth word just like it, it bugs me. Um, <laughs> and not because, you know, we're not a large company. Um,
1: does it still feel small?
2: It does. In a lot of ways, it feels small or does behemoth
1: and translate to incumbent and incumbent has like a negative connotation.
2: There's there that's fair too. Um okay. and, and I think it's you know, partly partly for me, it's it's a connotation of if we're a behemoth, mm-hmm. we're only for the behemoths, right? Yeah. The Exxons and, and Conicos and Chevrons. And yeah. while that's absolutely a core part of our market, what what Michael and I have been focused on for the past five ish years has been taking these solutions. And taking our learnings and taking our experience and saying, home software is for everybody. I don't care if you're a one-person shop, 2X on mobile, it's for everybody. So how do you make sure that you have solutions, service, Mm -hmm. price points?
1: So you guys have, like, you have specific solutions for, let's call it the mom-and-pop operators. 100%. Operating, you know, call it 50 stripper wells out in the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma. Yeah, and less. You guys, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, we talked to a company today that had three. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah,
2: And, and again, like, the experience there is not the same experience that, that people put in their heads when they think of, yeah. of working with a, a really large software company. In fact, you know, maybe not, maybe in other industries, it is similar, like, you know, because Microsoft's not just for large corporations, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, small companies have Excel and Outlook and PowerPoint and and, and those tools. So I think in, in that way, it's like, I think that's kind of what we're becoming, but we still hear It's like, eh, we can't, I can't talk to you guys. You guys are are, are too expensive, but it's like, we're not talking about, like, you don't know what we're talking about. Like, give us, give us a minute to tell you about, you know, what we've been up to, which is, which is the question you're, you're asking. Uh, And, and again, this was like, this started in 20, this started in uh, 2017, like back half of 2017 Mm -hmm. we had, again, we had had fielding. We about to acquire wellies and we're like, why can't we do land for small companies? Like, We have the best land solution out there. Why can't we do land for small companies? And so we challenged ourselves and we said, well, what would it look like if we did, right? Mm -hmm. What would the customers want out of it? You know, do they want a big project? No. So it needs to come out of the box ready to go just to manage the land business. Well, we have all of this experience under our our belts, right? Like we have 20 years of working with everybody. We should have a perspective on what's best to breed land solutions pre-configured, ready to go. So that kind of started this whole initiative where it's like, okay, Fielding, built for the small operator initially. Mm-hmm. Wellies, you know, mostly had small operator, right, uh, customer base. Let's go take land and drive it down to that part of the market. And again, over time, this became what we now call, you know, uh, upstream on demand or on demand from Quorum. And, and, and these pieces all plug and play.
1: So let's walk really quickly without getting too deep in the weeds and the nuts and bolts of what the solution is. But like what you just described, what all does that actually entail? Is it? Yeah. I mean is there like the hydrocarbon accounting piece is it like production management land obviously we're talking oh, about that like all above. the above
0: drilling completion right. field data capture. And don't scale. let me pitch it for you come on yeah here. i got you're You doing right? great yeah, yeah. <laughs> field data cap so drilling completion software that's the wellies piece right okay. field data capture uh what are you
1: doing on the drilling completions like
0: think about it in terms of like the actual information that you're capturing every day while you're out on the rig uh you know doing functions downhole, So drilling completions, uh, workover activities, LOE. So you're entering your, your tubing, your casing tallies, you know, uh, is, it, is, this,
1: is this one of the things where you guys are plugging into SCADA, whether it be to Payson or to cold bore or to anything else? We or have is this more of a,
0: yeah, we have customers that that utilize right. Those products and that they have means of getting that information in. Right. But what this is, is more of like your, your daily reporting, your right, daily, comes out daily drilling reports that come out of it. Yeah. Um, what going forward, right? We have uh, a natively built in the cloud SCADA solution that came by way of the fielding yeah. acquisition, right? It's a bring your own hardware, bring your own comms. We do your polling, pull your data in. So it's cost effective, modern, e- easy mm-hmm. to stand up, et cetera. Uh, field data capture, right? Gets all of that information, whether it's from SCADA or mobile application out in the field into a production system, where we'll then run it through really an engine that began with tips. So we modernized the tips platform and put it into our field data capture solution, right? So that we can handle advanced allocations. So we'll do your daily monthly allocations, spit the data out of there, and do accounting so that we can run your revenue accounting processes off of mm-hmm. the data. We also handle your you know, GL, uh, all of your standard accounting functions, APAR, GL, et cetera, but with revenue and JIB layered in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fully integrated land and document management piece. So all of those functions together is what we're talking about when we talk about our on-demand suite of software. And they came by way of many acquisitions, but... They were intentional acquisitions in that they were architected to play well together and play well with others right Mm -hmm. so you asked earlier what what excites you about quorum um like i I listened to the podcast uh what i think about and why i'm excited in this moment in time is because you think about our industry and the the folks that have served this customer base for many many years right Of, of which like we're one of the players out there but there's some that predate us for sure right uh, specifically in the realm of accounting and, and some of these core functions, ERP functions, um, you know, everybody that y'all have on talks about uh, the great innovative things that they're doing, mm-hmm. right? And many of them have to, have to like, fundamentally, they have to be able to connect back to those ERP, right, or to the production data or to the operation side where all that information is getting captured. And so what, what excites me is that we are, as a company who has been around for 20 years, right, reinventing ourselves and turning the corner and taking it upon ourselves to modernize, Right, so that uh, if we can get our customers off of some of the, the older non-SQL based even type of solutions mm-hmm. out there in the space, equip them with something modern, then we're giving them the chance to integrate right, with all of these new and emerging technologies that are out there. And so uh, this on-demand initiative has been very quiet, by the way. Like, I don't, I don't think that you, many people probably even know we're up to it because it's been the pandemic and we've been in building mode. Uh, but we have hundreds of customers on these products they're proven and we proved them out small and we've been growing them up. Right. And, uh, those that adopt them are, are going to be right. Prime to take on kind of this next wave of, of solutions and innovation.
1: So I hear, I I love, I love all of that. And so one of the things that kind of stuck out to me was you're, you know, you guys have been around a long time. You've got the experience in the space, but you're constantly trying to reinvent yourself. And so, you guys do have what I would consider to be kind of peers in this space, um, you know, who've been around a long time as well. They're also probably similar in size, maybe similar in some of the offerings. Um, some of them have stopped innovating, and I don't want to name any names, but I guess. <laughs> like they, at one point in time, with um, with a what was it, a Production Explorer, and I think it was uh, mm-hmm. even, they would like had tons of market share, and they completely just gave it up and put the whole thing out to pasture. And I think that that was a thing that we started to see as a trend over time yeah. was that a lot of these larger companies became the fat cats and just stopped innovating. Yeah. And when you stop innovating, you know, our whole mantra is evolve or die. Like you will die if you're not constantly yeah. evolving. So yeah. Yeah. that's what got yeah. me fired up about you guys. Whenever we had our conversation, uh, you know, what, four months ago, five months ago, and you were telling me all the things that you guys were working on. I was like, so you guys are, you're, you're not, you're not in the same category as the the people that we're talking about. You guys are out there constantly trying to reinvent yourself. So I think that's um I think that's honestly one of the most important business lessons for any of the entrepreneurs who are listening. We do it here at Wildcatters. We're constantly only really trying to beat ourselves. I don't really give a shit what anybody else is trying to do. Yeah. I don't even it's pay great. attention to any of that noise. It's just like, hey, what have we done and how can we constantly outdo ourselves? How can we constantly raise the bar? And that's the culture that we're trying to build yeah. here. So it's cool to see with yeah. the company that's been around a lot longer than we have. You guys doing the same thing and pulling it off you know so that's why that's why i'm excited
2: yeah that's awesome i mean that that, that's exactly right like who are you competing with yourself like you're your worst you're your own worst enemy if you don't get up in the morning and say how am i gonna be better today than i was yesterday again whether that's personal or as a company it's the same it's 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 the same I think part of the reason I've been here for, you know, quorum for as long as that I have, as long as I have, is I see that in the other people that I work with. Like, it's one thing for, you know, me and Michael to sit here and say that, but like, who cares if, if engineering and products doesn't feel the same way, Mm -hmm. right? Who cares if, if you're, you know, your leaders in the different parts of the organization, who cares if you don't empower everybody within the organization, whether they've been at quorum for a week or for, for 10 years to feel the same way, right? Like those things are so important because, because again, you can wake up every day, but you're gonna get really tired of work, waking up every day and working really hard to be a better version of yourself. If if the rest of your team's not trying to do the same thing, right? So, uh, like, we've known about these other companies, right? Like, I, I don't want to name any names either, uh, but like, you know, I've been recruited by some of those companies, and, and my my feeling was like, like I wake up every day having fun, like delivering value. Okay. But partnering with customers and at the end of the day, winning, like we win a lot when we're competing against you. I don't win like with my, with or or against my customer, right? Like my customer becomes a partnership, becomes a relationship. It becomes Mm -hmm. somebody that I'm accountable to, to deliver more value every single day so that we keep this partnership. And that goes back to
1: what you said about Like you don't see yourself as a sales guy. You're just literally showing somebody a solution to a problem. Hey, we have something we can work together on. Yeah, and right. and
2: look like if I'm not detached from the fact that you might say ah eh, like not for me, if I'm not attached from that result then that I'm going to take it the wrong way and I'm going to react the wrong way and then I'm going to hurt my own relationship with this company or person. Um and man, I see like I see that in 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 this space and I see that in other spaces too. Like I've only been in sales, you know, for for maybe a year longer than Michael has, right? And of course, if somebody's going to ask me to go be in sales, I'm going to do a little bit of reading and networking and And Gene, when Gene came to Quorum, he connected me with with one of his former, you know, sales leaders at another company, completely outside of oil and gas, but a strong technology company. And I was like, I'm gonna go have lunch and talk to this guy and like, you know, learn everything. So I learned like what it means to be a professional sales rep and sales leader. And there's things that I took from that that I loved. The things that I love about that is just the science. It's the data behind how you manage uh, a sales team. The things that I don't like, are like, I will never be transactional in nature. I don't care how many deals we sell in a given year. It's all relationship. It's not a transaction, right.
1: especially in and gas. Like, Cause B2B is B2C Like, because you're dealing that's with right. people. You're not just dealing with faceless organizations and you want to do business with people that that's you right. like and that you respect and that you have rapport with. And nothing in this B2B sale is transactional of like, Hey, just pick something and I'll sell it to you. It's very much, you have a very, probably difficult problem across your organization. They're coming to you for a reason, or you're having that conversation for a reason, and you can truly help transform the organization. So you're not really having to sell them anything. You're just trying to educate them on what, what's one option, what's our option.
0: Yeah. You asked earlier behemoth, right? Like what, what strikes me about behemoth for the negative is disconnected, right? Because Mm -hmm. fundamentally we're people doing business with people, right? And that's how we need to be perceived. And that's small, right? That's small personal interaction Mm -hmm. that builds a relationship. It's hard to, we're proud of our breadth. We're proud of our depth, right? We're proud of what we can offer globally. Um, But when it comes down to it, it's a one-on-one relationship, right? That gets, that gets anything done. And so, yeah, it's got to feel small.
1: Well, guys, this was, uh, this was awesome. This was awesome just getting to chat with you guys and just understand, you know, just seeing from the sidelines and and paying attention to you guys for, for so long. uh, It's cool to kind of get some insight into how things are going. Before we close, you, know, you, don't have to have the, you don't have to have the answer for this. I'm just curious. <laughs> Let me phrase this up. With what we do, with half startups coming in here all the time, we have you know companies like y'all coming in from pretty much the entire ecosystem. And there's more momentum now in this space than I think there ever has been, at least in, in my career in the last 10 years, in energy tech. And so you have lots of new startups that are popping up. A lot of these startups are taking venture capital. Okay, You're taking venture capital, you need a return for your investors, you need an exit. So there, there begs the question, who are the acquirers in the space? You guys have made lots of acquisitions. So have some of your peers, uh, so as companies like Inveris, they've made a lot of acquisitions. Do you see that as a big part of your strategy moving forward? Or does a lot of the innovation come from within moving forward?
2: It, it, it's gotta be a healthy balance of both. I think, yeah. right. It's not one or the other. Um, and, and I think, I think, you know, um, we're always aware of, of, you know, companies are out there innovating. We're looking at them. People would never know the companies that we have looked at and either, either, you know, I guess they would never know because we've passed on on the ones that we've passed on, but, but constantly looking, right. Is definitely a part of the strategy because um, you know, I think one of the things that we haven't done, like some of our, you know, competitors that I would argue are on, on a downtrend, we're not buying market share. Like that's not, that's not the business model. Like we're trying to deliver more value. Michael said this earlier, the, the the reason it made sense to combine Acerna and Quorum is that we were complementary, right? Yeah. We brought different solutions that solve problems for the same industry. And it's like, how powerful can that be? Not just because of the solutions, but because of the people and the scale. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so I think it's both, but like we're, we're continuing. I mean, the, the investment going back into these products, whether you're talking about our enterprise products or our on-demand products is unmatched period, right? Like the amount of revenue we put back into R&D is, is unbelievable. And it's fantastic. It's like, I mean, I've had Gene, our CEO on, on customer calls with me and, and he'll talk about how many engineers he's got working on a particular product and that, that he'll say things like in my career, I've never had this many developers, engineers working on, on, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, again, specifically talking about the, the on-demand set, but um, so you got to do both. It can't be, I think one or the other.
0: If you have a different answer, Michael? No, I agree. I mean, we value innovation from within, right? Mm-hmm. And we're always—we hackathons are part of our culture. We look for ways to be innovative. Uh, we we strive to deliver, you know, uh, value add features, right, to a customer. We got customers in our SaaS space that say that wasn't an option for me a week ago, but I log in today and it is, and that's awesome, right? I was talking to a controller last week who gave me that feedback. Uh, but yeah, I think there's always going to be an opportunity to evaluate tuck-in type acquisitions to, to bring value to our customers faster by way of inorganic growth.
1: In terms of uh, startups, you guys, do you guys partner with startups on, on things that don't compete with what you guys, I know you talked about the API integration, so that could be a huge component of that. Yeah, our product
2: team is talking to to other you know software companies regularly, right? Mm-hmm. And again, if, if we're hearing in the, the market, the customer's telling us, you know, if we start hearing a trend and customers are using A and it's like a bunch of customers are talking about using product A um then then our product team starts having those conversations to figure out how when you say partner it's like uh, how do you integrate right what are the data points like how do we drive the most value for these customers that are asking us and that's a conversation that's that that happens you know i'd say pretty regularly
1: yeah yeah cool i love it well guys it was wonderful having you on uh michael um super excited about what quorum's working on and love to do this again you know a year from now and just check in see how things are growing see how you guys are innovating yeah we um, uh
2: sorry we, we heard we're maybe the last to close down this <laughs> podcast space so you are probably like
1: to... the last people to be in this <laughs> podcast space so if you're Watching this on video we're actually uh i guess i'll just tell everybody I don't know when this episode is going out, but we are building an entirely new studio. I'm gonna call, I call it the Joe Rogan Studio because I, I we was have gonna this, say the same thing. this ten foot by four foot table. We can have a million people sitting there. Um, dedicated space. We've we've grown. Uh, you know, this started off as me, Colin, uh, in a in a closet down the hallway, <laughs> right, doing a podcast. Literally with just furniture that we bought off Facebook Marketplace. Uh, now we've got fifteen people full time. Expect to be double that by the end of the year. So this room that we're in now, this main room, is actually, we just bought 20 stand-up desks, or adjustable, so you don't have to stand all day. We're not going to make everybody stand. Uh, (laughs) If you want to stand, you can stand. Uh, So it's going to fill this room, and we're actually moving the studios to uh, the back half of the building. So... You guys have are essentially christening the closing down of the studio that's done so well for us for the last year. Yeah. Hey, congrats on yeah.
2: on all of your success as well. It's been awesome to watch from the sidelines and and would love to be in the other room at some point. Uh Absolutely. maybe a year from now talking about the the latest uh the latest things. Can I can I plug one thing? Yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna plug connections. I don't know when this is coming out either. Yep. So cut this part if if this is post connections, but we have our annual conference. It's back in person in Vegas coming up in April um right in the middle of april so uh got lots of folks already signed up if you haven't signed up not too late love to see you guys you have to back be a customer of you Queen? don't you don't have to be a customer yeah okay. reach out if you're interested uh and, and let us know and, and happy to happy to host where, where are you guys hosting in vegas uh mgm it's a long story but mgm we did it at mgm last time we signed a, a multi-year uh contract to do it at mgm then the Dude, pandemic who wouldn't
1: want to go who wouldn't just want to be like hey i'm doing this oil and gas Conference, uh, please expense this. <laughs> and oh, it happens to be in Vegas at the gym. Like, yeah, sign me up! <laughs> <laughs> awesome, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, word on the street is some of our team will be there too. Love it, love it. So, super excited about that, guys. Once again, super awesome having you. Catch you guys in the next episode.